I'm 39 years old, and for about 15 years of my professional life, when I was not cooking, I was and am in what can be called corporate America. I'm at a desk, or I'm in my car on the way to a sales meeting, or at a trade show, or at a dinner with a customer, or whatever. Typical stuff. We've all done it. We all do it. And I am not a corporate guy. I cannot stand the corporate speak of circle back around and let's put a pin in it. Let's put a pin in your forehead. But corporate stuff is part of corporate America. You have to wear a button down, you shake hands, or at least you used to, and you exchange business cards. It's 2020. I can FaceTime a Tibetan monk. I can turn my entire media room into a virtual Xbox game. I can buy a Tesla. But you're telling me still in 2020, the best and most accepted way to exchange business information is to hand each other cards with our names on it? So here's what I think we should do. My proposal is, instead of business cards, I think we need to exchange actual playing cards. That's right. Just like the old baseball, basketball, and football cards. It can be an action shot of you presenting at a meeting or holding court telling a riveting story at the hotel lobby bar after the trade show. Or it can even be at your desk as you plow through emails and Excel spreadsheets. You flip the card over, your description and stats are on the back. Height, 510. Weight, too much. Strengths, returns early from lunch. Weaknesses, doesn't show up big on Fridays. Your statistics, 22% close rate on deals in 2020. 18th in the division on returning emails within 24 hours. Second to last in the company on meaningful contributions during company meetings. Now, of course, that's ridiculous and crazy, but think about that for a second. What if, instead of a business card, you had to hand over a playing card that had actual stats and performance on it of you over the last year? We hammer athletes all the time for not living up to the moment, not living up to the hype, not being clutch enough. But what would your player card actually say on the back? I can tell you right now, I would not want to tell you what mine would say. All right, it's time for today's sponsor, I Wish I Had. And today's sponsor is something that I do not own yet. But trust me, it's on my list as soon as my current one craps out. And this product is called the Ridge Wallet. Now, full disclosure, I am a front pocket wallet guy. And I have been all my life because my nightmare is the George Costanza wallet. Just a giant ass mound of a leather bundle stuck on the side of my ass, dragging my pants down. And now, as we get closer and closer to a cashless world, and more stuff that used to be in your wallet is now on your phone, there's obviously less of a need to carry the equivalent of a man purse in your pocket. And right on time, like a cold beer on a happy hour patio, is the Ridge Wallet. The Ridge Wallet was started by a father and son team back in 2013 on Kickstarter, which is awesome. And since then, they have blowed up. Their wallets are super slim, built for performance, and include features such as blocking radio frequency identification. Now, if you're worried about space, don't be. Their wallets can hold up to 12 cards securely, and their materials range from aluminum, titanium, carbon fiber, and Damascus steel. In addition to wallets, Ridge Wallet also makes kick-ass backpacks, phone cases, power banks and cables, and even a pocket knife called the Summit Knife. Bottom line? Ditch the shoebox in your back pocket and reach for a Ridge Wallet. Check them out at RidgeWallet.com or on Instagram at RidgeWallet. So go grab one and send me one too. It's the least you can do for me for telling you about these guys. Ridge Wallet, today's sponsor, I wish I had. And now it's time for today's guest. His name is Tyler, he's got twins, and we're going to talk about it. 
So one of the funniest things I remember about you is during a 4th of July weekend, a bunch of us were up at my parents' house in the UP. So we're up there for 4th of July weekend. We're up in the UP. We're hanging out on the lake uh, all weekend. We're grilling out. We're swimming, right? Jet skiing. When the jet ski wasn't sinking to the bottom of the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And one night we went out for dinner. And I I love my hometown of Norway and Iron Mountain and that, that whole area. But it is not known uh, worldwide is a hotbed for culinary activity. Would you agree, Tyler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so, so we ended up where? We ended up at Pizza Hut. And, of course, because that's what you do. Shit. So we're sitting in a booth uh, waiting for our cheese sticks with marinara dipping sauce. Uh, and, Tyler, you think it would be a funny idea to take the shaker of red pepper flakes <laughs> Shake some out on the table and do what? I, I, I snorted them. You snorted the I red snorted. pepper flakes. <laughs> you know, if you tell that story out of context, <laughs> it feels like like that's a common occurrence of mine, right? So like I like I like I'm normally snorting a lot of things. I don't do drugs. I don't do I don't do that kind of stuff. No. No hard drugs, <laughs> just just red pepper flakes. Just red pepper flakes and it burns it burns really bad. Yeah, the next twenty minutes watching you <laughs> squirm around in the booth was pretty funny. Why would you do that? Why like what? What what, what? like what? I don't remember. That's how bored we were, dude. It was. <laughs> anyway, so the the one thing I thought was interesting you had a unique, unique experience as, as a father. You got to hear not only the magical phrase from your wife, we're pregnant, but you also got to hear with twins. Yeah, man. And I think that's funny, just, just comedically funny to hear that because I feel like as a guy, you spend your entire life trying not to get the woman pregnant and not hear those words. And then, <laughs> and then you hear those words and you're like, your initial reaction as a guy is like panic and they're like wait no i'm married this is okay and then (laughs) and then you get you get the chaser of with twins so take me through your reaction to that experience and how did you handle those nine months kind of navigating that slalom course of we're pregnant and it's twins sure i i I totally agree with you well i spent 33 years of my life trying to not get pregnant and then (laughs) We did get pregnant, right? and it, we we're blessed with twins. And Justin, we, um, I mean, we were trying for a while, so it wasn't like, and, and we were, you know, we were established by this time, so it wasn't quite the shock that you would you would think it would be. And in fact, we we were trying and trying and trying, and and along with some of the heartbreak that comes with trying and failing and not being able to have kids. And we almost were at a point in, in life where we thought, well, maybe we just won't have kids. Maybe it's just not in the cards for us and, and think about other options. And then to find out that we had, we were having twins, it, it was amazing. And there was, I, I would tell you that it was, it was not, it was not shock and concern about having twins. It was shock and concern that something was going to happen to one of them, right? Cause you have twins okay. and oftentimes people have twins and one doesn't make it out, right? And and that was actually my fear at that point. I remember that that is the first part, that's the first time that I started worrying about my kids. And I thought, man, this sucks. And I was worried through the whole pregnancy that we were going to lose them. And I thought, well, at least it'll get better once I, I have these kids, right? I won't worry as much. Yep. And it just compounded and compounded <laughs> and compounded ever since. Right? So... 
were you getting more and more anxious as time went on uh, leading up to the to when Sarah went into labor you know, a couple of months or were you getting were you feeling a sense of maybe accomplishment of like uh, you know hey we we got this for registered or I built the crib or you, you know wh- whatever I don't know how you dealt with that yeah uh, yeah there's so many fun moments Justin leading up to it it was um God, it was so welcome because we were so damn excited to have kids and the fact that we were having kids we were having twins on top of that and fraternal twins right so i don't know if you know the difference there's fraternal and there's paternal twins right fraternal um are essentially brother and sister they're two separate individuals just born at the same time um, or or two separate eggs two separate sperm uh, fertilized at the same time and carried in the womb at the same time and then paternal is one egg fertilized that splits that makes identical twins right so now that I've given you a genetics lesson. Thank you. Uh, and I forgot what the hell we were talking about. Oh, the pregnancy. So we're so damn excited. And I knew, we knew, um, well, so once we found out the sex um, of the kids was, was awesome. I remember being in the room and there was this one that was just jumping up and down the ultrasound, up and down, up and down, up and down. I knew that was a boy, not only because it was like me and he was really spastic, right? <laughs> But I was convinced. Snorting red pepper flakes I, in the womb. No, no, no. He wasn't snorting red pepper. But I saw his manhood. I know I saw his manhood. And it was massive. The nurse very quickly corrected me and said, that's his arm. But it is a boy. Right? Hey, a man can dream, can he? That's, that's uh, my wife looked at me pretty quickly and said, honey, come on, really? Yeah. <laughs> But it, it was it it was wonderful, and everything was just looking forward to having kids. And Sarah, bless her, carried two babies. I think they were both like between eight and ten pounds. Um, so she had two huge babies inside her, which which made must have made life miserable for her. But it was fun. Yeah. So from your perspective, Sarah was went into labor or induced or whatever. How did you experience the birth process, the labor and the dude, birth process? Dude, I am terrified of needles, like <clears throat> terrified of needles. So she's gonna go in and get. She goes in and get this epidural, right? And um, <laughs> like the biggest needle you've ever seen in your life. And here's like I was. I remember just like being anxious about this and like, I'm going to pass out. We had had have blood draws before, um, for a bunch of the, the, like the fertility stuff we went through and they took seven vials of blood from me once juice. And I passed out, I passed out (laughs) in the thing and they wouldn't let me leave. Like I had to get back to a meeting. Like I woke up in a cold sweat and like all the nurses are around me. Like you passed out. Ah, so funny. Anyway, needles. So I don't do well needles. (laughs) Epidurals going in. Um, or not going in, they were getting prepped for it. And they say, sir, you can't come in because we need her to hold completely still and we will have the nurse take care of it. And I said, oh, you know, I really need to be there for my wife. And so you can't come in. And they take her back there and they said, we'll just come get you when we're ready to, <clears throat> we're ready to have the kids. Put the epidurals in, they get her ready. And Sarah had a C-section because the babies were breech or they were worried about something happening and c-section and i was i was proud of myself man i looked i saw him come out i got to i got to cut the umbilical cords all except for one uh emerson my little guy so i've got piper my daughter and emerson my my little guy he struggled so they both came out and he wasn't breathing right away and they put him on the crash cart um so they wheeled sarah out with piper and i stayed with emerson 
and there was there was probably ten minutes where they were going to town. They were pumping them, and they were you know like trying to get them to breathe, and they had them on the where I thought, oh man, I I'm gonna lose this this little kid right here. I just held him. Yeah, I'm gonna lose him. They took him away from me right away. Like put him in my arms, and then took him away because it, it was clear there was something wrong. Sure. Wow, yeah, I didn't terrifying. know that. I don't think I knew that. That's crazy. That was terrifying. That was terrifying. They made, then they had to pull Sarah out and Piper out and worry about Piper for a little bit, right? Because you got two then to yep. worry about. Uh, yeah, that was that sucked, man. Well, and now he's healthy. That's scary. Everybody's healthy and good. So yeah, that, he's yeah. freaking fantastic. He farts a lot. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Except for his father, dude. Um, dude, he just we were just going to bed before this, and the dude is pushing out farts, and it's the hardest thing for me not to do to laugh when those happen <laughs> and he pushes them out and he knows it gets me he can see me he can see me giggling like and i'm trying to hold it in and then these <clears> big man farts and he pushing out the last one and i you know you can hear it when it's like juicy <laughs> i go i know i'm gonna have to wipe that i know i'm gonna have to wipe that before i put you to bed dude because you're gonna get a hurty bottom otherwise well thanks for telling me what i have to look forward to dude farts are hilarious if you can look forward to farts it's great yeah so now fast forward and how old are they they're what three four Five? Five. Five, okay. Five. I'm glad you're paying attention to my life. Yeah, what, I mean, whatever. All right, so they're five. Yeah. So up to this point, or looking back maybe, I know you alluded to earlier that the first couple of years are hell. What were the things you struggled with as being a dad or from the beginning or whatever? Well, so one, let, let's be fair. So I've got wonderful kids, but they sucked as kids, <laughs> as like little babies. Like, I, I love them. I love them every minute of that, but they they cried constantly. I mean, constantly. They were not sleeping. They were, uh, they didn't sleep for two years. I don't think I slept for two years. I remember people, I had this job at that time where I was in charge of a bunch of uh, operations we had and I would get calls at night and people were shocked by the speed at which I would pick up the phone. (laughs) And it was because I was up, right? I remember thinking, do you want me making these decisions? I haven't slept in like a week. Like, I don't, I'm like, I'm like, that, that was the hardest part. It was, it was constant one crying or the other crying or both of them crying and mm. all day and all night and they wouldn't sleep through the night. It was, that was really hard and really trying. I mean, it was tough on um, the kids. It was tough on my wife's a hero. She dealt with it. I went to work two weeks after we had the kids and she dealt with that all damn day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how she did that. And then we took shifts at nights, right? And she breastfed both kids. Right? So she's just got wow. like two doolies, doolies going. Like I'd walk in, I'm like, yeah, you read, oh no. <laughs> Close but no cigar. I mean, for me at least, you know, there's a lot of people that really like the baby stage. I, I just, it, it didn't do it for me. I love my kids and loved them unconditionally. And this, it's getting better and better and better as they get older and older and older. Um, I mean, I can't wait to see what's going to come, but I'm having so much damn fun with them. There there was a time where I didn't, (laughs) right? Where it was just, they're coming home and they're going to scream and I don't know how to deal with this and I can't play with them. And, you know, we play video games where we play Foursquare or we we ride a bike. My question to you having twins is walk me through as I can, (laughs) you're either tinkling or you're pouring more of your whiskey. And I think Pouring whiskey. It, yeah, okay. Wild That's another bad habit I picked up as being a father. <laughs> drinking inside. Yeah. Drinking by myself every night. <laughs> so walk me through how your life is compared to how you thought it would be. Yeah, I guess I had this notion, and and maybe this is my personality. And I, 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 if I analyze myself back to forever, 
I always think that I'm going to know everything when I need to know it. And it's absolutely not true. So I thought that I would, you know, you have a kid and you just naturally become a father and you know everything to do. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, right? <laughs> and I still don't. I still am. I am still, I'm winging it. I'm, I'm winging it everywhere. This is, this is honestly what I wanted in life. I have everything I've wanted. I have a, I am, I have a wonderful family. I have a healthy family. I have a two loving kids. I have a loving wife. I have a really good job. I have fantastic family and friends. If it's what I thought of, if I could have planned my life out, this is exactly how I would plan it out. Do I know what the hell I'm doing? No. <laughs> no. I mean, every, every day is just, it's, it's like you want to have this plan for the day, and I'm, I'm winging everything that happens. So I don't know, it sounds really corny. I was hoping for something funnier, but... Now, is, is Sarah's a stay-at-home mom, is that correct? She is. Okay, so is. how do you walk me through that dynamic of... Because I know you maybe don't travel as much in your current role as you did previously, but I know for a while you were you know, having to get on a plane once in a while. I know you work some long hours. So how does that dynamic work where, like you said, you can't wait to get home, right, to play with your kids, but uh, at the same time, you might have some responsibilities that pull you away from night, you know, at nighttime. I'm sure Sarah, sometimes at least, is like five o'clock hits and she's, you know, punching the clock and pushing the kids to you when you walk in the door. It's sure. like, I need a break. So, I, You know, I think that's... um. That's a dynamic everyone faces. So I, I want to set the record straight. A couple of things that you said there. Punching the clock at five o'clock when I walk in. One, I never get to walk in at five o'clock. Because <laughs> if I got done at five o'clock, that'd be fantastic. But I don't know that she's ever, ever punched the clock and be like, I've been with these kids all day. I, I mean, I mean, she's great like that. But you said it before. So I actually travel more now my gig than I've ever done before. Um, so I'm gone a lot. Um, and, and one thing that's tough on me, because I really like being with a family, and it then naturally makes the kids, I, well, my wife's a better person than I am, so I understand why they like her better. But they <laughs> honestly like, they like her better. I mean, I get it. I, I remember as a kid liking my mom better than my dad too. Right? My dad was a hard ass. And, and my mom loved me. <laughs> and that's kind of what's repeating itself here. Sarah's really involved in the community um, and is a leader in a lot of the neighborhood associations and, and takes her time to go and, and do that kind of stuff. I drink, <laughs> which also helps. <laughs> well, Thanks, you're you. you were listening to me there. I was wondering if you were listening to me. Oh, yeah. That's also a de-stressor, and it's my, yeah. my me time. Kids are the best thing I've ever done in my life, and they are the best thing I will ever do. So... I mean, I think as far as mentioning anything, that's that's the message. No matter how hard it is, that's the best thing ever, right? And no matter how hard you work or how much wealth you accumulate or whatever you do, the, the best thing that I can do is bring these kids into the world, make them good people, and that's my legacy right there, yep. right? So that's kind of how I, how I view things. Um, and it's really hard because sometimes... I want to strangle the shit out of those little kids, right? <laughs> or sometimes they tell me things. Like, they tell me mean things. Well, maybe that's a good thing to talk about. You know, your daughter's probably not to the point yet, but, like, sometimes they say mean stuff to me, like really hurtful stuff. Like, I don't love you, and I know they mean it. And I, I absolutely know they mean it. And that can be disheartening. I mean, we, we talked about the dynamic between uh, um, Sarah and I and how they like her better, Um and it's because I'm gone all the time or I'm, I'm working and I'm doing all this stuff really for them. <clears throat> that that can hurt um, when they want their mom and they don't want their dad, right? Yep. Because I'm, I'm gone away doing it. And I can only imagine 
dads that have jobs that take them away even more than me. And one of the interesting things, Justin, that I've done, I, uh, since the kids were born, I have kept an ongoing letter, like an open letter to them, um, where I just write down the stuff because I thought for the longest time that my dad was Superman. And even like into my late 20s, Superman, he just knew all the answers. And I'm sure that there were moments of self-doubt, hardships that he went through, that I want my kids to know so that when they're looking back at this, and I hope to God they think that I was Superman, um, but think, oh, he didn't know all the answers. Because that was a big stress on me, is to think that I always thought he, that dude knew all the answers. He just knew the way to get out of shit yep. and stuff would happen. And, and it's not true. You don't know what the hell you're doing. No. So I kept like this open letter to kind of write down this diary of feelings and like even capture things like Sarah and I had a fight and it sucked and we haven't been talking for three days. You kids don't remember that, but you don't know that. We, we had a knockdown drag out fight, right? And, and that kind of stuff. I, I think that's important for kids to realize that parents are human too. I think that's so. exceptional. That's a really cool idea. And I've, I've done a version of that where I do uh, videos. So like, oh, that's cool. I'll do like a selfie video where Beth and I will do a little selfie video. And one of the things, especially since my dad passed away a couple of years ago, is like I, I wish I would have known what he was like when he was my age. Yeah, you know, and right? like I wonder, I wish I could have hung out with my dad, me at my age, and him at that same age, and we could go grab a beer when he was in his thirties. Yeah. Know? So it's like I I want Ayla to be able to hear and and see and just understand how beth and i are when we were in our 30s you know because like i have this vision of what my parents were and looked like and it's like they were both like in their 50s right late 40s early 50s and that was my high school college and that's kind of how i just remember them stuck in my head forever but it's like man they were you know they were a young couple and you know they used to go out and drink and go to bars and restaurants and watch shows and you know do all that kind of stuff and like so i try to do some videos like that um just you know checking in with her but like you said sometimes you have a bad day as a dad and it's good to share that with them because they need to know that when they're parents that they're not going to have all the answers yeah or you mess up right yeah you mean you do something that's just completely wrong yeah um, and it's okay. I mean, it, that stuff happens and it's okay to have that. And so you can recover from it yep. no matter how bad it was. No matter as a moment where you slipped up and used an F bomb and now your kid's walking around <laughs> saying fuck all the time, which is hilarious <laughs> by the way. Um, and that's a minor fuck up, but the, um, I mean, I mean, I can think of some major things that, that could happen that, are not unrecoverable. So I think, you know, an advice to a dad is no matter how bad you think you fucked up, you didn't. You can still recover from that and regain the most important thing in your life, which is your kids. That's great perspective. All right, so enough of this nonsense talking about how to be a good father and all this. Time for some hard-hitting questions. Uh, the last good. last little section here is a segment I call Put the Kids to Bed. So these are going to be a handful of questions, and uh, we'll start the bidding with, uh, are you allowed to load the dishwasher? Oh, yeah. In fact, in fact, I, I know I get bonus points when I unload. Uh, load or unload? Load. Load the dishwasher. Oh, load. I thought you meant yeah. No, anybody no. can unload oh. the dishwasher, but there's a, there's a... No, load, I get... I get Well, I do. I load it, but then I get yelled at. Yeah, and it has to get reloaded. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, how do you take your coffee? I actually like it lukewarm. <laughs> I'm like, it's too hot when it comes out, burns my mouth. But I like it. Really strong, black, 
and lukewarm. All right. What is the... Uh... <laughs> you just, I just stopped you. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> what is your favorite late night snack? Um, recently, I've been really getting into Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Nice. Just a couple of handfuls as you're walking through the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so do you, I fall asleep with the kids at night. So like we'll read a book and then I'll end up falling asleep. I fall asleep in like 30 seconds and I always wake up and I'm hungry. Are you hungry immediately when you wake up? I'm hungry all the time. You know this. Yeah. So I come down and I, I recently spent cinnamon toast crunch. It's my jam. It's pretty good. Uh, what was the last date night you and Sarah had? You get me in trouble. Um, We've got one coming up, though, that's going to be awesome. Do you know what you're doing? So, yeah. We got tickets to George Winston. You know George Winston? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The pianist? Mm-hmm. Pianist. pianist. <laughs> Not pianist. Pianist. Do you have the runner-up names for your kids? The ones that you did not go with? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Grayson instead of Emerson. Cool. I believe was one. Piper was either going to be Penelope. We call her Penny or Charlotte. Nice. Those are great names. Thank you very much for being on uh, my good friend Tyler Washow, way up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Thank you. Bring it in. As another episode of Saturday is Datterday draws to a close, it's time for today's Just the Tip. And the title of today's Just the Tip is Double Up. This is more for new and expecting dads. It's basically the equivalent of putting two rubbers on, except this actually works and won't leave you in a panic for the next 24 hours while you await the results of a pregnancy test. And another one. And another one. I can't remember who, but someone told my wife and I this before we had our daughter, and it has come in handy more times than I can count over the last two years. And that tip is to double up. Not diapers or onesies, but double up the crib and changing table, mattress pad protectors, and sheets or covers. If you're past the diaper and bedwetting stage as a dad, then good for you, as I slyly give you the middle finger out of jealousy. But if you're in the thick of it or about to be, using this simple hack can save you some major, major time. And I know I'm not reinventing the wheel here or saying anything that a lot of other people haven't already said or done, but to me this was a valuable piece of information to learn. Because when you're running late for work or you're in the middle of the night or you're on your way to a birthday party and you've suddenly got poop on the changing table cover or your kid wet through their diaper, clothes, sleep sack, and bed sheet, all you have to do is pull off the top sheet or cover layer, pull off the top protector layer, and you've got a fresh sheet or cover with another protector underneath and it's business as usual. Now this has happened too many times to count for me. So maybe this is an indictment on how bad I am at putting on diapers. Or maybe it's the fact that our daughter poops like a lumberjack. Either way, this continues to come in handy. So there you go. Today's Just the Tip. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and giving us a shot and listening to the Saturday is Day podcast. I hope everybody enjoys this as much as I do. Have a great weekend. And remember, Saturday is Day.